Welcome back to the Risk Report with Roman the Stoic. This is episode number 49. Um, I know I sound like shit again. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. I'm, I'm, I got sick on Sunday and yeah, I've just been fucking miserable. And what's crazy is like, I'm not a person who usually gets sick. Like I never fucking get sick really. Like maybe once throughout the year I get sick, sometimes not even at all right? And uh, I've gotten this fucking cold. I don't know. A couple months ago, I got this goddamn cold. So I apologize. I haven't really been uh, on the podcast because I've sounded like absolute hell and I felt like shit. It started on Sunday. Um, Shout out to Austin, by the way, for coming through. My homie Austin came through and we did the UFC commentary on the UFC fight night. It was a fucking tremendous uh five fights that we watched and it was a good time so thank you austin um we're gonna be doing some more of those ufc commentary um nights because that that was a good time but sunday morning i woke up and i was like fuck i'm gonna get sick i knew it right i always get this fucking sore throat and i'm like god damn it i'm gonna get sick i know it and so monday it was just i was just bad yesterday i was bad today i felt a little better and I pushed myself and I went to the fucking gym. Because <laughs> um, was, that was what was killing me the most. Is like I missed the gym Monday. I missed the gym yesterday. And I was like, fuck, man. This is not good. So I've just been fucking miserable. I hate it. I hate getting sick. Um, I mean, who who likes having a cold, obviously? It's fucking shitty. But what's crazy, it's like I was telling I was telling my girl like kind of jokingly, but but seriously, you know, I was I was smoking for fucking five, six years, maybe six years smoking cigarettes, you know, every day. Never got sick. <laughs> I never got the fucking cold, right? And so this past year I've been I've been on and off the cigarettes, really putting it down, not really touching it. Um and look at me getting sick. <laughs> and I'm working out and I'm eating healthy and shit. It's unbelievable. But whatever, sometimes you just got to get, you know, sometimes it's it's bad before it gets good. So maybe that's what it is. You know, maybe it's just my body adjusting to different loads that I'm starting to take, you know, where, where it's like I'm working out consistently. I'm fucking taking other subs, you know, not, not, not smoking or anything, but like, you know, taking creatines and proteins and this and that, right. Just hitting my body in different ways that it's not really used to and whatever. Maybe it could have just been like me getting exposed to something. I think it was the IHOP. We went Saturday morning to go get IHOP, me and my girl. And, uh, it was, everything was great. But I, I took the syrup, right? I did the syrup and all this like kind of like liquidy stuff came out before the syrup came out. And I looked at it and I was like, uh, you know what? What the fuck is that? But I ate, I decided to eat it anyways. I was like, you know what? It's probably nothing. But in my head, I thought 
maybe that's like some of the disinfectant shit they put on all this stuff because you know they're wiping everything down right everything's getting cleaned up maybe it's like some liquid from the disinfectant but i powered through and i fucking ate it right i was like you know what whatever it's probably nothing and I ate it, and I feel like that's what got me sick. That being at IHOP, it was either that or putting my fucking mouth on the uh, on the coffee on the coffee mug at IHOP. You know, the one that everyone's fucking putting their mouths on. So <clears throat> I don't know. Somewhere around there, my my immune defenses got fucking shot, and Sunday I woke up feeling not so good. So yeah, I just want to power through this. Um, and yeah, just fucking, I hit the gym today. I said, you know what? No more fucking moping around. I had to call off of work yesterday, which I never had done, you know, this whole year teaching at that school. Never had uh, missed a day. And uh, I think yesterday really would have been like the last real school day because now it's going to be um, me giving awards and we're kind of coming into the, the end of the school year, right? The last couple of weeks. Um, so there's not much else to do. And I had to call out because I was so fucking sick, dude. And I and I didn't want to, don't want to expose the kids, you know, to any of that. Like, I obviously I don't have the COVID. It's just a cold or it's some sort of sinus issue that I that I'm having. But whatever it is, man, I'm I'm trying to get a handle on that because <laughs> I can't be fucking getting sick. This shit, this shit is ass, man. This shit sucks. Getting being fucking sick. I don't want to do anything. Like, literally, I just fucking slept. I'm not even a guy who takes naps. And all I was doing for the past two days was fucking sleeping. Laying down and just sleeping it off. Um, so, yeah, whatever, you know. Um, I'm having a low week like the fucking cryptos have, have had these la- last couple low weeks, right? It's crazy that people give so much... Um, I don't even know so much power to Elon Musk's word and the, and they just fucking trip out and start panic selling, panic buying. Um, it's insane. You know, it's really fucking crazy. I feel, I almost feel like it's the same people who go out and panic buy um, toilet paper and all that shit, water and all that shit. It's those same people that are panic buying and panic selling their stocks. I don't know about panic buying stocks, but panic selling for sure. Um, you see any any little drip, but they, but again, I understand that there's people that have hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in stocks, and when anything drops down a certain percentage, it really fucking tanks them. Um, so I get that that they start fucking selling it off, but you know, it's also like sometimes you gotta just hold that out, bro, because it's seriously gonna rise again. You want to buy that dip. Um, right now it's fucking dipped down low. So look at, look at, uh, dodgy coin. I mean, the, the, the beautiful thing about dodgy coin is that like, when else are you going to be able to own several hundred, several thousands, tens of thousands of shares of anything, of anything, right? So if it hits $1, which it's going to look at these other cryptos. Look at these other cryptos that are backed by what, right? People want to people want to fucking sit here and oh well they're backed by a by a blockchain and this and that. It's all a fucking scam, bro. All of it's a fucking Ponzi scheme, right? You put more money into it, then it's gonna have more value, 
And you're just taking somebody else's money when you fucking, you know, pull out. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, but, but what is it really, right? So whatever, you know, whether it's Ethereum Classic or Ethereum or Bitcoin or Dogecoin, just fucking get into it, right? I mean, even this, this uh, Bitcoin, that one's the one that really, really uh, it's the most mainstream, so I guess it always has the probability of going back up to the 50s, 60,000s. Right now it's at 40,000, but $40,000 for anything is ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous, you know? Like Yeah, it's just if anything it's just more of something to put your money in and pull it out. Put your money in and pull it out. That's it. That's that's what that shit is. It's created a whole new stock market. Um, that's what I see cryptocurrency as is just this other stock market. Um, obviously where you, where you got your stocks where you're backed by fucking actual companies, but you know, the fact that GameStop is $200 right now is ridiculous, right? It's asinine. It's, um, it just goes to show what it is, right? Um, that's what I need to start doing though, is getting on those Reddit forums and this and that, because just for the podcast itself, right? I need to get on these fucking Reddit forums and just um, show people what I do. Hey, check out my music. Check out my fucking podcast. Check out check out me talking shit about something I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, no, but we're at episode 49, right? That's 49 fucking episodes of me coming here and talking to you guys. Um and look, I got the listeners. I got people fucking tuning in, so that's fantastic. If I was fucking tuning in and I real and I saw that I didn't have I had zero listeners on each of my episodes, I'd maybe reconsider. But no, we've got we've got a good amount of people listening. So shout out to all you guys. Um, I'm gonna get in on. We're gonna go back to doing some of the news. It's been a couple episodes since I've done just reading news and and giving my opinion on these fucking news articles. Um, so yeah, let's see. Amazon. This is from NPR. <clears throat> Amazon makes a deal to buy MGM for nearly eight point five billion dollars. So it looks like Amazon is looking to acquire MGM, which is insane, right? That's insane. Amazon has made a deal to buy Hollywood studio MGM for almost $8.5 billion, the second largest acquisition for the company after purchasing Whole Foods. So Amazon's purchased Whole Foods, purchasing MGM, right? They're, they're purchasing, as you can see, they're trying to purchase different aspects of their business, right? Whole Foods, that's why Amazon now has that, what, you order food and you can fucking get your groceries delivered and all that bullshit, they got Amazon Prime, the, the video service, and now they got MGM. Think about all those fucking movies that MGM Hollywood Studios owns. <clears throat> uh, the tech company already runs a film studio, Prime Video streaming service, and video game streaming site Twitch. Amazon owns Twitch. <clears throat> but the MGM deal is its biggest move into entertainment. Amazon will get the rights to the Golden Age Studios film and television library. Uh, the announcement was made Wednesday morning by the two companies in a statement. Amazon Senior Vice President of Prime Video and Amazon Studios, Mike Hopkins, emphasized the intellectual property value of MGM's vast holdings, which go back to the 1920s. 
The real financial value behind this deal, Hopkins said, is the treasure trove of IP in the deep catalog that we plan to reimagine and develop together with MGM's talented team. Look at, you know, think about how people are selling NFTs, right? Non-fungible tokens. People are selling these NFTs for, for Ethereum and all these other coins, right? They're selling their intellectual properties for large amounts of money. Imagine how much, how fucking expensive it would be to just fucking pl- to have a, a streaming, you know, let's say you put together a streaming service. You know, because this is something my father was really into when it when it's first started. I think when Netflix first kind of started, he started throwing an idea for what if we had what if we had a streaming service, but it was just based on Latin TV, right? And he he did the research on how much it would be to you know acquire rights to certain shows and to have those shows playing on your fucking on your. Um, Streaming service, very difficult thing to do. A lot of money, man. It's a lot of money to buy rights uh, to things. You know, I was explaining this to my girl. Um, anytime somebody uses a melody, right? Let's say, uh, I don't know, any fucking song. Just think of any so- any song, right? Who let the dogs out? Who, who? That's a melody, right? Those words are a melody. So if someone wants to do, you know... I smoke the reefer, yeah, 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 right? Like if you want to take that melody, you technically have to pay for that intellectual property. You technically have to pay for the rights of that melody to make, to monetize off of that. Uh, Each song is a whole different amount, you know? Some might not be that much. Others might be a lot of fucking money, right? So when you see something on the TV, and it's a, a song that's been redone, but you you recognize the melody. They had to pay for that intellectual property, <clears throat> and a lot of times it's a lot of fucking money because you're dealing with these big conglomerates like MGM Studios, or you're dealing in the, in, in terms of music, you're dealing with labels, right? You're you're dealing with ASCAP, BMI, and they're dealing with the labels. <clears throat> Um, the announcement was made Wednesday morning. Uh, I already read that. Uh, with its mascot line, the roaring, roaring logo, MGM made such movie classics as Singing in the Rain, 2001 A Space Odyssey. MGM also owns the Epics Table Channel and runs a TV studio that produced The Handmaid's Tale and Fargo. You know, MGM been crushing for 100 years since the 1920s. MGM's been fucking cranking out hits. Uh, MGM also splits the highly lucrative James Bond movie franchise. Uh, uh, family holds creative control of the 007 movies, according to Variety. As of 2020, the 20 foreign films released so far in the series have generated $16.3 billion in global ticket sales adjusted for inflation. So if it was acquired for it was acquired for half of that, Amazon Prime paid them. billion to acquire the whole company. But the company on 24 films made $16 billion. Now it doesn't, it's not showing how much it takes to make those fucking 24 films. You know, it's not showing you how much it takes to make those 24 films. Let's see how, uh, uh, I don't even know if I could even find this answer. What's the average price or producing MGM movie. 
Um, Let me, let me take out the MGM part for producing movie. Uh, around $65 million is the average cost to produce a major studio movie. So let's see what my dumbass math can do. So if we have 24 feature films, let's say they spent a total of $65 million. So looks like they... It cost them about one point five nine billion to make one point five nine billion to make for those twenty four movies, and then they make an extra seventeen billion dollars in profits. So, I mean, wow, this is this is crazy news, man. The fact that Amazon Prime is is buying this. <clears throat> so that's going to be big for Amazon Prime, man. Um, in all, MGM's catalogs include more than 4,000 films, including such pop culture staples as Moonstruck, Legally Blonde, Rocky, The Pink Panther, Silence of the Lambs, and Poltergeist. 17,000 television shows. Access to these movies and shows will certainly augment Amazon Prime's video offerings for sure. Particularly, particularly at a time where other studios and networks have created their own platforms to reach consumers such as HBO Max, Paramount Plus, and Disney Plus. As of last month, there were more than 200 million Amazon Prime account holders worldwide, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos told Variety. Bezos is a fucking genius, man. That's what I want to see. I want to see... Um, Joe Rogan talked to Jeff Bezos and picked that guy's mind. The Wall Street Journal reported on Wednesday that the deals for eight for the eight billion dollars includes taking on MGM's current debts. <clears throat> the deal has not yet closed, and Amazon spokesperson noted to NPR and is subject to regulatory approvals. The company is already facing antitrust inquiries in both the U.S. and Europe. So MGM Studios has probably racked up an insane amount of debts. Um, probably racked up an insane amount of debt, and they need saving, you know. Sell it for eight billion dollars and, and get out, and then, and then in turn, fucking Amazon is gonna have those debts. But Amazon is a conglomerate; it's becoming a monopoly, right? It's holding parts of entertainment, large parts of entertainment. It's holding parts of commerce, large parts of commerce, right? Everybody, the reason there's so many people subscribe to Amazon is because everyone's got Amazon Prime. Everyone's got Amazon Prime. When you get an Amazon Prime, you can go onto their fucking Amazon Prime account and watch movies. So the guy's a fucking genius. All right. What other uh, news we got here? <clears throat> I apologize. My fucking voice is killing me. All right. Russia plans to, this is from businessinsider.com, Russia plans to launch a nuclear-powered spacecraft that can travel from the moon to Jupiter. <clears throat> Russia is planning to send a nuclear-powered spacecraft to the moon, Venus, and then Jupiter. So it's trying to go all over the place, man. 
Uh, Roscosmos, Russia's federal space agency, announced Saturday that its space tug, the term for spacecraft, transports astronauts or equipment from one orbit to another, is scheduled to launch on an interplanetary mission in 2030. So it's got about nine years until they're fucking... Wow, this is going to be a big one. The spacecraft's energy module, named Zeus, is designed to generate enough power to propel heavy cargo through deep space. It's essentially a mobile nuclear power plant. (laughs) Several countries have their eyes on similar technology as a way to shorten trips in space. Right now, spacecraft rely on solar power or gravity to accelerate. But that means it could take more than three years for astronauts to conduct a round-trip visit to Mars. NASA estimates that a nuclear-powered spacecraft could have a year off of that timeline. The U.S. hopes to put nuclear power plant of 10-kilowatt reactor integrated with a lunar lander on the moon as early as 2027. So far, however, NASA has only sent one nuclear reactor to space. On satellite in 1965, other spacecrafts like the Mars Curiosity and Perseverance rovers are also nuclear powered, but they don't use a reactor. Dude, human beings are crazy. If if <laughs> if nuclear power is so devastating um, to our planet here, right? Not not devastating when it's used, but devastating when it fucking blows up, right? devastating when it goes instead of using it as an energy source it fucking becomes a, a deadly source right whether it's bombs or radiation poisoning and, and and those reactors fucking blowing up and and just spreading look at what happened to chernobyl and all these places right why are we sending that shit to space right what what would be obviously we as a, as a species we are explorers right think about how we've explored this whole fucking planet, right? And now we're going to the stars, but dude, we are just fucking, what happens when it goes wrong up there? You know, what happens when you make it to the moon, you make it to Mars, you want to put a nuclear reactor on fucking the moon, bro? What happens when it goes wrong? What happens when, what happens when something goes wrong up there and you fuck up the moon? What does that, what kind of uh, uh, repercussions come from, you know, fucking up the moon with a nuclear reactor? But who knows? I'm not a scientist, right? I don't have a fucking scientist mind. Maybe I'm wrong. And maybe there's in, immense possibilities for, for good. So let me keep reading here. Um, Russia, meanwhile, has put more than 30 reactors in space. Its Zeus module module would advance those efforts by using a 500-kilowatt nuclear reactor to propel itself from one planet to the next, according to the Russian state new agency Sputnik. The mission plan calls for the spacecraft to approach the moon first, then head towards Venus, where it can use planet's gravity to shift directions towards its final destination, Jupiter that would help conserve propellant. The entire mission would last 50 months, a little over four years, according to Alexander Bolensky, Roscosmos executive director for long-term programs in science during a presentation in Moscow on Saturday, 
Mloshenko said Roscomos and the Russian Academy of Sciences are still working to calculate the flight's ballistics or trajectory, as well as the amount of weight it can carry. The mission may ultimately be a precursor to a new frontier of Russian space flight, Sputnik recorded, that Russia is designed designing a space station that uses the same nuclear-powered technology. Most spacecrafts get their attention from new, from few sources, the sun, batteries, or unstable atoms called radioisotopes. NASA's Juno spacecrafts at Jupiter, for instance, uses solar panels to generate electricity. Solar power can also be used to charge batteries in a spacecraft, but the energy sources become less potent as spacecrafts get farther from the sun. In other cases, lithium batteries can help power shorter missions on their own. The Hyugens probe, for instance, used batteries to briefly land on Saturn's moon Titan in 2005. NASA's twin Voyager spacecraft used radioisotopes, sometimes called nuclear batteries, to survive the harsh environments of the outer solar system and interstellar space. But that's not the same as bringing a nuclear reactor on board. Not at all. Nuclear reactors offer several advantages. They can survive cold, dark regions for the solar system without requiring sunlight. They're also reliable for long periods of time. The Zeus nuclear reactor is designed to last 10 to 12 years. Plus, they can propel spacecraft to other planets in less time. Now, here's my thing. (coughs) Let's say you fucking miscalculate by an inch. And all of a sudden, it fucking propels itself instead of towards Jupiter, goes somewhere else. And now you lose it forever. (laughs) Now you lose it forever, all right? Or you lose it for 20 years, right, rather than four years. You just said it has a 10 to 12-year lifespan. What happens to a nuclear reactor after that? Um, nuclear power has its challenges too. Only certain types of fuel like highly enriched uranium can withstand a reactor's extremely high temperatures and they may not be the safe, the safest to use. Of course not. In December, the U S prohibited the use of highly enriched uranium to propel objects into space. If a mission is possible with other nuclear fuel or non-nuclear sources, Russian engineers began developing the Zeus module in 2010 with the global with the goal of sending it to orbit within two decades. They're on track to meet the mark. Engineers started manufacturing and testing the prototype in 2018, Sputnik reported. Roscosmos is also aligned, also signed a contract last year worth 4.2 billion rubles, which means uh, $57.5 million, that put Arsenal, a design company based in St. Petersburg in charge of the preliminary designs. NASA's cleared the ISS to fly until at least 2028, but the agency will likely deorbit the station in the next 10 to 15 years. Um, so yeah, wow. I don't know how I feel about that. Space travel always kind of gets me a little fucking freaked out. You know, I took a I took a astronomy class, and it was like, it was like all equations, man. It was all fucking math, and they basically ask you crazy shit like if this fucking if you're going to Sirius B from uh, this moon titled Titan, 
and uh, you're going at X, X velocity, you know, how many light years does it take to fucking, it's like, in my mind, I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? Have you been there? Did you fucking measure it? How the fuck do you know that? We haven't been into this deep space. I mean, I guess I guess we have, right? Looks like Russia fucking landed on a on one of Saturn's moons. That was news to me. That happened in 2005. So maybe them being out there, maybe they know the gravitational pull. They've been studying the pull of that planet, blah blah blah, measuring tools. How the fuck, man? That shit is so out of the fucking realm to me of of, of thought, you know. Um and it's like, look at how devastating nuclear reactors are here on Earth. Imagine fucking blasting one off in a fucking spaceship to the whatever. You don't even fucking know, right? The vast vacuum of space. Sending it to some whatever poor soul is out in fucking Saturn, right? <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's insane, man. It's insane. Humans are fucking crazy, bro. Humans are crazy. That that shit is. I think that just shows how wild we are, right? Um, how about this for news? Can't believe this is news. See NBC, NBC News. Actor John Cena apologizes to the Chinese audience after calling Taiwan a country. This shit had me dying, right? I read this real quick and it had me fucking laughing because it's like. How is this fucking news, man? As a celebrity, you can't say nothing wrong. You can't fucking have any little mistake as a celebrity because you were just going to get roasted beyond fucking belief. So let's read this here. Actor John Cena apologizes uh, to Chinese audience after calling Taiwan a country. NBC News, can you believe that? I love and this is what it says in quotes. I love and respect China and Chinese people. I'm very sorry for my mistake, Cena said in a video message recorded in, Ch in uh, Chinese. <laughs> American actor and wrestling star John Cena has apologized on so Chinese social media after getting tangled up in geopolitics scandal by calling Taiwan a country. And look, right now, you know, the whole thing with, with Asian people is heavy for some reason. Uh, obviously, fucking white people been racist forever <laughs> right white people have been so fucking racist forever um i cannot believe that this is something that's going on right that the asians are getting hate and that you know what I, what I, where i'm seeing it a lot is is in the northeast for some reason northeast you're seeing all these fucking you know asian asian gets uh, attacked in the subway asian gets pushed over in fucking manhattan or whatever the fuck what is going on with that right what is going on and how much of that is taken out of context, right? Or how much of it is really happening, right? What if somebody was being a piece of shit and they just got fucking pushed or punched, right? And they just happened to be an Asian person. Um, or how much of it is, is real? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, you know, because I'm in a... Down here, I'm, I'm in like this bubble where obviously I'm not going to go say that there isn't racism or anything like that, but I'm in some, you know... Living where I live and living in the in in the class that I live and everything, it's for the most part very fucking chill, very chill, very respectful. So when you and I think for the most part it's like that, but when you see these stories, you're kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Anyways, let's go back to this John Cena. It, that that type of shit though might be what's adding to um, you know, what's fueling that fire 
for him to fucking go apologize about saying, about calling Taiwan a country. He made a fucking mistake. Obviously, he didn't know his geography or whatever the fuck. I, if you asked me, I would have thought Taiwan was a fucking country. How many of you white motherfuckers out here, how many of you fucking sensitive motherfuckers have said that, uh, when, you know, when I, pe- when I tell people that I'm from Puerto Rico, they go, wow, did you, how long till you got your green card? Did you need a visa? Motherfucker, I'm a U.S. citizen. How many fucking Americans don't even know that Puerto Rico is part of America? Let me fucking look that up. This is amazing. Google's amazing, isn't it? Because my whole my whole life, that's always been the thing. They go, oh my God, wow, when did you come to this country? Dude, I'm part of this country. How many people in the U.S. don't know that Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory? Oh my goodness. Nearly half of Americans don't know that Puerto Ricans are U.S. citizens. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. 54% of Americans. That's it. So, so no, it looks like, looks like 54% do know that uh, people born in Puerto Rico are U- U.S. citizens. So that means that 48%, no, 46%. Don't fucking know. Don't fucking know. (coughs) And people are giving John Cena shit about not knowing that Taiwan is in a country. I thought it was a fucking country, man. I bet you you guys couldn't even fucking point out on a map where Taiwan is. Right? Taiwan, officially the Republic of China, is a country in East Asia. That's what it says. That's what it says when you Google it. Taiwan, officially the Republic of China, is a country in East Asia. Neighboring countries include the People's Republic of China in the Northwest, Japan to the Northeast, and the Philippines to the South. It's a fucking country. Okay, we got to read this because this is getting crazy. Um... American actor wrestling John Cena has apologized to Chinese social media after getting tangled up in geopolitics. I read that. In an interview to Taiwanese broadcaster earlier this month, Cena sparked controversy while promoting the ninth installment of the Fast and Furious franchise when he said Taiwan is the first country to watch Fast and Furious 9. Beijing claims the self-governing island is part of its territory and has threatened to annex it by force if necessary. So this is a fucking power trip by China. This is a fucking power trip by the Republic of China. Right? That's like if America, that's like if he was one, that's like if John Cena was part of the 48% of Americans that didn't know that fucking uh, Puerto Rico was a U.S. territory. And he said, Puerto Rico is the first fucking country to watch Fast and Furious 9. And America getting pissed off and being like, no, 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 it's United States. And then threatening to annex Puerto Rico for not even fucking have anything to do with whatever John Cena fucking said. Holy shit, that's insane. Um, 
Beijing claims that uh, uh, by force, if necessary, even though Taiwan has its own government, democratic elections, and army, most governments around the world don't recognize it as a country. So now, now I'm realizing why John Cena would have apologized to China. Because <laughs> imagine if John Cena saying Taiwan's the first fucking country to watch Fast and Furious 9, if him saying that caused a fucking all-out war between China and and Taiwan. Horrible. On Tuesday, Cena44 posted a video message recorded in Mandarin China, uh, Chinese social network. Um, Fast and Furious 9 on every, he said he made a mistake. I must say right now, it's very, 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 very important. I love and respect China and Chinese people. I'm very, very sorry for my mistake. He did not elaborate on what exactly he was apologizing for and did not directly mention Taiwan. Yeah, because he's Dude, he saw the seriousness of how fucking China reacted to him saying that. Taiwan didn't even fucking have anything to do with it, right? That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, Cena has considerable presence on Weibo with more than 600,000 followers. He has been learning Mandarin for several years. Some Weibo users were critical of Cena's apology and called it insincere and lacking conviction. One wrote, it's the Western's political correctness. He wants Chinese people to forgive him, but he also doesn't want to offend idiot Taiwan in the West. Wow. However, some were more forgiving. Some of the comments said, uh, really too aggressive. One said, I think we should sit down and chat about it in a less intense way. Foreigners don't necessarily know Chinese politics, just like we don't necessarily know their politics. There we go. That's a more open-minded view, right? Because he's coming from a capitalistic republic society, democratic society of the West, of America, right? We have no idea this what fucking communism China, communist China is and how, how they go about their life, right? So, but they got to be open-minded to us as we got to be open-minded to them. This is craziness. Um, the latest installment in Universal Franchise has kicked off a massive $162 million in eight markets, including China, Korea, and Hong Kong. The tickets sales marked the best start for the Hollywood blockbuster since COVID-19 hit. China views Taiwan as an illegitimate break breakaway province when the civil war in china between the communists and the nationalists ended in 1945 with the former triumphant the latter set up a rival government in taipei the u.s has no official relations with taiwan but extensive informal ties former president donald trump trump angered beijing by sending cabinet officials to visit taiwan in a show of support Earlier this year, China increased its military activity near the island in response to what it calls secessionate forces and collusion between Taipei and Washington. The Chinese Communist Party has not ruled the use of force to bring island under Beijing's control. So look, this is regardless of John Cena, take John Cena out of the equation. This was going to happen anyways. That's what it sounds like to me. That's what it sounds like to me. Looks like China does not like Taiwan. Right? 
and they want to completely take them over. They want their piss that they don't have them completely taken over. How many fucking Chinese spies are listening to this podcast right now and they're going to fucking come get me? Um, let's see if we can find some some more news. That's fucking crazy, bro. I, did, I didn't realize the magnitude of that situation. Arrest warrant issued for Marilyn Manson in New Hampshire. Um, and this is from metalinjection.com.net. Looks like a metal metal music website. Um, bad news is piling up for Marilyn Manson as an arrest warrant has been issued for the shock rocker by Guilford Police Department in New Hampshire. Manson is wanted for two counts of simple assault for allegedly spitting on a videographer during a concert at the Bank of uh, New Hampshire. So this is this has nothing to do with those sexual assault allegations that he had. Um, TMZ obtained footage shows Manson sticking his face right in the camera and spitting a loogie. Gross. Um, the police department said, though, while the alleged victim didn't suffer any injuries, obviously, other than hepatitis C in his face, uh, Manson was charged because spitting can constitute as unprivileged physical contact. Yeah, it's fucking gross, first off. And now with this whole COVID bullshit, it's like that you can't just fucking spit in someone's face. That's not going to fly. Um, but again, shock rocker, Mar- Marilyn Manson, right? I mean, he's just going to go in, take his picture, and then just bail himself out and be like, yep, sorry, I fucking spit on somebody's face. Um... Just another misdemeanor in in Marilyn Manson's record. But you know what they fucking should check him out for is that sexual assault case, right? Um, How about this? Look at this. Um, The Travis Barker thing, right? Travis Barker, apparently his ex-wife is saying that uh, the Kardashians have just destroyed her family. And that he had been banging Kim Kardashian when he was married to Shayna. Uh, and now he's dating Courtney. Well, you know, Travis Barker, what, what can he do? What can he do, right? He got all these fucking, you got the hottest women on earth wanting to bang you, you know? <laughs> What's he going to do? He's a fucking rock star, right? He seems like a chilled, level dude. Um, That's a tough life, right? That's a tough life. <laughs> That's a tough life, man. Everyone wants to fuck you. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep your dick away. All right. Um, looking for some uh, some shit here on Facebook. All right, HBO Max, the 15 best TV shows to binge watch this week. Let's see if I agree with them because I do have uh, HBO Max. All right, we're only a few days away from the Friends reunion on HBO Max arriving this Thursday. That's tomorrow. Um, To tide you over in the meantime, there are a couple excellent shows that hit uh, the streamer in May. Season four of In Treatment started over the weekend, plus a finale of a black lady sketch show and Mayor of Easttown arrived this coming week, this coming weekend. I apologize. Yeah, Mayor of Easttown, that one I watched last night. Pretty good. It's slow start, slow start, but pretty good. 
Um, you could also go back and stream part one of entertaining steampunk series, The Nevers. Otherwise, check out the best of the HBO Max originals below. They're surprisingly eccentric and involve a lot of uh, co-productions in other networks. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good shit um, on HBO. Uh, what did I watch, though? I watched on Netflix. I watched the fucking um, Army of the Dead, the Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. it's uh, That one was a good movie. I'm not a big, like, crazy... Um, crazy zombie movie guy but that one was a that one was a good one and i didn't know that he did donna the dead um so he had done that other you know pretty arguably one of the best fucking zombie movies um so now he did army of the dead and apparently this is kind of big for netflix and Zack snyder apparently they're giving him a lot of production so even with this army of the dead he's doing an anime show with it attached to it. He's probably going to do a prequel movie to it, right? All Netflix. Um, so we'll see. All right. Great white shark population off of California's coast is growing. Terrifying. There is a healthy population of about 300 white sharks in the region. That's not too much. The great white shark population of off Northern California's coast is healthy and growing. A new study finds, um, Uh, totaling 300 individual researchers used a seal decoy to lure the apex predators to their boat so they could photograph and count the sharks. The findings are great for the region. Robust populations of large predators are critical to the health of our coastal marine ecosystem. So our findings are not only good for news for white sharks, but they are also for rich waters just off the shores here. Great white sharks are found in coastal waters across the world. They are threatened by overfishing, according to World Wildlife Fund, and their global population is in decline. On the Pacific coast, however, these sharks seem to be doing well. Chapel and his team originally published the population estimate for sharks of off of northern and central California in 2011. The new researchers update the previous estimate with the longer-term reservation observations. The shark found in the region don't stay in one place. They spend half of the year in the northeastern Pacific between Baja, Mexico, and Hawaii. Then they spend the other half of the year closer to the shore, ranging as far north as Washington and as far south as Mexico. The largest populations are found near the Guadalupe Islands off of Mexico and in the California current of the northern California, off of northern California. This current stretches from Monterey Bay in the south to Bodega Bay north of San Francisco. <clears throat> well, right there, there's, they got those big fucking um, populations of seals and shit, man. Fucking great white sharks are so terrifying, bro. Um, but that's crazy that only 300 are, sw- are lurking around around uh, around California. I would have thought it. I would have thought it'd be more. Um, George St. Pierre says it's a mistake to think Logan and Jake Paul can compete with elite boxers or mixed martial artists. Um, listen, George St. Pierre, a fucking master of martial arts. He is, uh, after watching him on the Joe Rogan podcast, he's been on there twice. 
and he was on the Lex Friedman podcast. That was a great one too. He's a philosopher, right? He he he's almost like he has been through the stages of what it of what it means to be a martial artist, right? It's almost like those movies, those old Chinese movies, right? And Japanese movies, so, uh, in terms of martial artists, right? You got you're the student. You, you go as a fighter. Um, you start really, really learning and adapting these disciplines, and then you become like this philosopher of martial arts. You know, there's like these three different stages. Um, he's he's at the philosopher stage. You know, he's he knows so much about combat sports. So when he says something like this, is is very serious. Take that very serious. So, former two-division UFC champion Georgia St. Pierre recently weighed in on YouTube personalities Jake and Logan Paul's combat sports career. The Paul brothers are polarizing figures in combat sports. Their substantial social media following has provided them the opportunities and earned them a lot of money. Logan is scheduled to box Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition on June 6th. This is next week. While Jake is coming off of a high-profile knockout win over former UFC fighter Ben Askren. St. Pierre believes the Paul brothers are great athletes and are ushering in a new era of combat sports, but doesn't think that they can compete with elite-level boxers or mixed martial artists. I'm not one of the haters, St. Pierre told Joe. Joe.co.uk in a recent interviews. I think they're doing well. They're great athletes, and they ride the wave. They make a lot of money with it, and they and I'm glad for him. My friend John Pascal trained with one of them in Puerto Rico. I think they're both they're both there actually. He said they work very hard. They're hard workers. They ride the wave. You know, it's a new era with social media and all that. So why not? You know, who would not have done it? Who would not take the advantage of it and believe to do it? And they do it. I believe it's a mistake to think that they could compete against the elite of boxing or mixed martial arts because it's not true. But they are great athletes. Maybe as time goes by, they will improve and improve. And one day, if you want to give them a real shot, let's go. I think one of them is fighting Floyd Mayweather. But of course, Floyd Mayweather, it's much smaller and he's retired. So it's not the same. It's not a real championship bout like it would be. And so here's what you got to understand too, but this is something I like to talk about too with MMA and the Paul brothers and boxing and um, you can't deny that these are tough dudes, right? They're six foot two, six foot, I don't even, I don't think they're six foot two, right? They're about six feet to six foot two. They're big guys. They weigh 200 pounds naturally. Right, those are big guys. They're athletic. They 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 work hard. They're they're training. These are not guys that you want to fucking fuck with in the street or anything like that, right? But when it comes to getting into that octagon, closing that fucking cage, right, and and dealing with another monster, somebody that's just like you, right? That's a different. That's a different fucking battle. And it's not to say, and George St. Pierre right there is saying it perfect, right? Maybe one day they'll get a real shot, right? They'll improve and improve and improve because think about it. They just started doing this. They just started boxing for a year, year and a half. And what they're doing is they're picking out people that they that they think that they can beat and they know that they can beat, right? They're picking out these people. Um, it's different when you have a fight contract with the UFC and they say, okay, we got you for four fights, five fights, three fights, whatever. We got a contract with you. We're going to throw you a couple names and you have to pick somebody. You have to pick somebody. 
you know, and you have to fight him. So it's different in that, in that aspect, you know, and I've seen interviews with Jake Paul and it seems like he wants to take, he wants to be the, the independent contractor fighter, right? The independent free agent fighter that, and, and, and in a way it, that seems very cool and it seems plausible, right? And what he's trying to get at, <clears throat> but doing that, you'll always kind of be stuck with picking out who it is you want to fight and then you guys getting in the ring and that's all well and good. Maybe you just need a whole different promotion, right? Maybe that's what they're doing with the trailer and this and that. And, and they're just learning as it goes. It could, you re, he really, these brothers could really change the way that this sport goes, but that's not to say that the UFC isn't, is doing everything wrong, right? Because that they have contracts with their fighters. If anything, that's even that, that works, right? That's a, that's a proven formula that's working and it's been working for the past 20, 30 years almost is you got contracts with fighters. You fight these contracts, you develop a record and, and, you know, and you work to get your championship belt. If it's, if it's, you're this free agent and you're just fighting whoever and this person and that person. I don't think you're you're ever going to be getting a belt, right? You're never going to be able to get that that I'm the best fighter and you win a division, right? That's what these guys do. They go to these leagues, they win them. If they win that league, they go on to the next one and they try and win that fucking belt. So it's different. He's the Paul brothers are trying to bring a whole new different aspect to combat sports and We'll see how it goes, right? There's no, there's no right or wrong answer with this. There's no, you know, it's, it's not like it's good and bad. It's, it's whatever. They're, they're really trying to just bring a whole new aspect to the sport, which is, which is fantastic. You know, it could be a whole different way, you know, to, to do things. I think he's said it before something about like, you know, Jake Paul has said, if I want to fight this celebrity or these two celebrities want to fight, they should have a fucking platform to go do it on, right? They don't have to go get these contracts to get, you know, I, we got to fight three times or this, you know what I mean? Just fucking get it over with, right? That that could be a different aspect that could be cool in combat sports, you know? Imagine seeing, right, when Tom Cruise had called out Justin Bieber, that would have been crazy. That would have been crazy if Triller was around for that and they were like, all right, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise would have fucking destroyed Justin Bieber. Jesus Christ. You know? Um, let's see. Can we let's let's try to move on. I'll try and read one more. Uh one more. And let's keep it with MMA. MMA weekly. Khabib Nurma Nurmagomedov. Khabib Nurmagomedov turned down a hundred million dollar offer to box Floyd Mayweather. Look, he said he's not fighting anymore. You guys are throwing him these crazy contracts, these crazy numbers. To him, it's not about the money, man. This guy's a fucking pure, real combat fighter, right? This guy's the real fucking deal, all right? No amount of money is going gonna, is gonna to make him go back on his word. His word was, I am no longer fighting. My mother does not want me to do this. I am no longer fighting. And he's not going back on his word. This is a man who is who his his word is bond. Okay, clearly. So, you know, Floyd Mayweather probably knowing that he would turn this down is offering this fight, and also knowing that Khabib Nurmagomedov is a wrestler. 
right? He has hands. He has hands, and he can ground and pound people, and he's hit people, and he'll stand up and he'll throw. And honestly, Floyd Mayweather don't want that shit, bro. Floyd Mayweather, keep keep calling people out for boxing, Floyd Mayweather. He's not going to fucking get into an octagon and say, okay, who's going to be the best man out of this? If anything goes, if you found me in the street, right? Talk talking all this shit. If you found me in the street, this is bro, he would maul you. He would maul you. All right. Khabib got offered a hundred million dollars after he was retired to fight Floyd Mayweather, said Abdelaziz during an episode of recent episode of Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Hundred million dollars. You can ask Floyd. You can ask everybody. Khabib said, No, I'm retired. I told my mother I'm retired. I'm going to keep my word to my mother. If my mother told me to fight again, maybe I will, but right now she told me not to fight. This man's word is fucking bond. I just I literally just said this, right? Um Khabib announced his retirement from fighting following his UFC 254 submission win over Justin Gaethje on October 2020. I love that was a great one. He left the sport with a perfect 29-0 record. Mayweather last fought in August 2017, defeating Conor McGregor by TKO in the 10th round to pick up his 50th career win. He's scheduled to face YouTube personality Logan Paul on June 6th in an exhibition bout. During a press conference for the event in Miami, Mayweather and Logan's brother Jake got into it in a physical altercation after Paul took Mayweather's hat. Yeah, we remember that. I mean, you gotta you gotta respect Khabib. You gotta respect Khabib. He's basically like saying, Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I've done it. I'm looking forward to my next stage in life. Right? That guy needs to open a fucking gym and he's just gonna teach people how to maul people others and they're just going to be fucking champions coming out of Russia or Kazakhstan. Um how about uh JLo just fucking going back to Ben Affleck, huh? I was reading some shit about that, JLo going back to them and um she she was what? She was engaged to him in 2003. They broke up in 2003. By 2004 she was married to Mark Anthony. Right, less than a year, she was fucking married to somebody else, bro. Like these women, she just got off of this engagement <laughs> with uh, a Rod, and she's immediately over here with fucking Ben Affleck, you know. And he's out here railing her out in Miami and coming out and and smoking ciggies out in the balcony. People are spotting them together and shit. Tremendous, tremendous, Ben Affleck. He kept true to himself and he got her back. <laughs> And they're probably just fucking around. I mean, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, she's arguably one of the hottest women on earth. So it's got to be tough for her, too. It's, it goes back to that Travis Barker thing. Like, everybody wants to fuck you. How are you supposed to keep it in, huh? You know, the best of the best want to fuck you all the time? All the time? No holds bar? There's only so many times you could say no, right? She's over here with fucking A-Rod knowing that she could bang anybody, Right, she could bang the fucking hottest man on earth, and she's over here with a rod. Um, yeah, that's that. I get it. That's got to be tough. You know, women always want to say, "I talk shit about guys." Like, oh, guys are cheaters. Guys just fucking try to bang every girl and blah blah blah. Women, you're the same. The thing is, you just don't want to admit it. People are people, right? There's there's women that are like that too. People are people. And um, 
you know, it is what it is. That's when you think about it, what is it that makes relationships super tough sometimes? It's jealousies, it's this, it's that, that type of tendency, right? That type of aspect to a relationship that brings, you know, brings a negative element into relationships, right? It's always that fear of, oh, they're going to fuck me over. Oh, they're going to leave me for somebody else. Oh, this and that. Oh, are they cheating, right? Like, that's always going to be a worry with people. Um, and, and shit, I don't know what to say about that, right? Because it's like, as in my own sense, I, I, I have those worries too, right? Um, but the best thing you could do is just try and be as chill about it as possible and realize that in reality, it's out of your control. If someone's going to fuck you over, they're going to fuck you over. And if anything, if they do fuck you over and you do find out, that's a huge blessing because you know that you got to get the fuck out of there. And though it hurts and though it sucks, you know, that it's just fucking, it is what it is, right, bro? If you look at, <laughs> if you look at this and you got, and you're A-Rod and you got millions of dollars in the bank and you were this fucking MLB stud and you can't fucking hold it, hold J-Lo down, how, how's a normal fucking mortal like me supposed to hold any girl down in a relationship, right? It's tough, man, but but you got to also think these people got a whole different type of lifestyle. It goes back to that again, you know, people that just throw themselves at you. You know, I, I think who knows what kind of direction we're going in, but I've said it before, I think in the relationship podcast aspect that, that relationships are just getting tougher and tougher, and I think that, you know, marriage marriage might might be a thing of the past, you know? If we look, if we think about a hundred years down the line, marriages and shit, what's that going to be, right? What's that going to be? Insane, absolutely insane. Oh, how about those fucking people that were right? That gas shortage. Let's go back to that panic buying shit, right? Those fucking gas gas shortage because of that pipeline or whatever running through the south, the southeast. And motherfuckers were just buying out gas, putting it in trash bags and shit, dude. What is up with people? What is fucking up with people, dude? Oh, yeah. All right, we'll finish with this one for real. Um, How about that Joshua Faba, Fabia? being a fucking piece of shit, right? So if you guys don't know in the MMA community and UFC, uh longtime fighter, Diego Sanchez, he got um pretty much fired from the UFC or whatever. They they pulled out his contract. They let go of his contract and let him go because of his coach and his trainer and his partner and at what is it, Joshua Fabia pretty much just trying to pull out more money for his contract and just talking shit to the UFC in this in this meeting where Diego, I think he had spoken, and then Joshua Faber just started talking, and, and it really fucked him up, really fucked up his career, and they let him go because of this guy. And, you know, for the past few weeks, a lot of things have been surfacing. The video surfaced of, you know, uh, Joshua Fabia fucking hitting him a couple times, like having Diego Sanchez on a bar, like upside down, and, uh, you know, they got this body conditioning where usually you only see it when it's like 
you're you're conditioning your shins for kicking the legs. You're conditioning your abs for taking your stomach for taking hits in the body, right? Well, he was upside down getting kicked in the face and all sorts of shit, punched in the stomach, punched in the face. Uh, you're just racking up CTE. So he's got a lot of flack for that. Pretty much everybody has turned on Joshua Fabia, and Joshua Fabia has had enough. So Joshua Fabia comes out pretty much showing exactly who he is. And he came out in this interview, and he starts fucking revealing a bunch of personal shit about about Diego Sanchez, things that were probably private and personal information that you share between a, a friend, between somebody you're in a relationship, whatever, right? They're suspected to be gay and this and that. This dude... Joshua Fabia has done such crazy shit, created this OnlyFans for them and all this fucking crazy shit. And now he comes on to this fucking um, interview and he just starts, you know, throwing him under the bus. And what it does is it just shows how much of a piece of shit this guy is, right? He's got the school of self-awareness, which is so ironic because the guy is the most least self-aware person on the fucking planet it seems like and he's throwing this fucking poor guy under the bus saying he's got substance issues and this he's a bad father and all this shit that's none of his fucking business right and he started talking shit about he thought he had he thought Diego had more money he was he was kind of like throwing him down for being frugal for having a one-bedroom apartment and this and that and like dude get the fuck out of here you sound like some just jealous fucking ex that just isn't over this fucking relationship that this guy dropped you because apparently Diego just dropped him, right? Diego probably, his family and his loved ones are trying to really pull him away from this toxic person that is probably overtaking his life and just, you know, fed him down the wrong, the wrong way to go. You know, losing his opportunity with the UFC and, and and ending ending it on a bad note. Like this guy was one of the veterans in the UFC, really. You know, and you got this fucking coach, right? You should be his coach. You should be his mentor. You should be someone who's looking out after him, not throwing him under the bus like that. So it just really goes to show the character of of that fucking piece of shit. And um yeah, I mean, I get it. it. It must be tough for for Joshua Fabia as well to see all this shit online and just him getting fucking roasted <laughs> by the MMA community and getting no respect by the MMA community. But he just dug himself an even deeper hole by going on that fucking on that fucking uh, interview. But we'll leave it at that. You know, we'll leave it at that. If somebody tells you something in privacy, in, in you know out of respect, out of, you know, respect that, that you're going to keep that between you guys. Keep it between you guys, right? Um, you don't throw your friend under the bus, especially if you say that they're really having this tough time. You know, he, he had said he was his sponsor in this and that. Like, if you're his sponsor, why are you, why are you fucking throwing him under the bus like that, right? He just sounded ridiculous. Um. But anyways, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. That was uh, episode number 49. Just went over a couple little uh, news articles and this and that. I fucking sound like shit. I'm going to give my throat a rest. Um, Yeah, episode 50 coming soon. All right, everybody. Peace.
Yeah, I'm a long walk. A grown up is a 